head and it's like, oh no, no. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Why did you do that? <laughs> I saw him record so fast to try and catch you off guard. Wait. So, how do you eat gummy gummy bears again? I just want to hear you say it in detail. I eat them limb by limb and I make little screams as I bite off each limb and I leave the head for last so that it's like like they can give their final bag for mercy. Yes. And then I eat it. And right now I'm eating gummy gummy worms with ghost pepper ranch sauce. You know, because that's it'd be like that. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like that. It's good though. I love this sauce. And I love these gummy worms. And I was just looking at the sauce like, I wonder what it would taste like. And I was telling what it do. Yeah. You make the Sens- screams, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, sensory seeking is sensory seeking, okay? Like, I call it. So my best friend and I, we were used, used to use uh, Skype a lot in video chat because she's in New York. And um, I was eating gummy bears one day. And she's like, what the hell is that noise? And I was like, oh, just fighting them. and so i was like had a bunch of them and so i showed her because i had it on like like right here hold on i just got them you can't even fucking see it whatever they're chilling on like the front pad of the thing and um i had a few of them they were missing some limbs so she's we forever called it the great gummy massacre i mean Um, like it was a war because i wanted it to look like just bodies laying there it low-key makes me feel like the giant from the Odyssey. But I don't do that for worms. I just like to stretch the worms as far as they can go. Yeah. You literally just Dracarys and everything is just Oh, oh. you know what? It'd be like that. Okay. That's that's accurate. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the I don't like it when you be catching me like that, bro. <laughs> you put me on a spot. The spot. It was funny. I had to. I had to. I had to keep that for me. This is for me in the future. So I can literally go, hey, you remember when you let us know how vulnerable you really was? Yeah. You know it was vulnerable. Not everybody knows about the Great Gummy Massacre. You got to reach a certain level. Now you don't let the whole world in. The whole world. All the intranets. All of the intranets. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Vulnerabilities with Devin Vox. I'm your host, Devin Vox. These are my co-hosts, Wix and Say. Um, we're going to be chilling today. We're going to be talking about how transitions can be brutal, depressing, angsty, but also new birth to new energies. Yeah. Um, and how to better yourself when life is throwing a lot at you and you don't know how to respond in the moment. That's what this episode is going to be about. So, I love that you said angsty while Green Day is in my ear. <laughs> that's because I heard it. I heard it through the headphones. That's wild. Can um, you? <laughs> <laughs> don't say shit like that to me. I don't know. We're going to go ahead and open up the episode with a quote. This time is showing me that I need to have a better battle plan for transitional times in my life. Finding myself in a safe and supportive environment for the first time in my life and not having to just run on hypervigilance and perfectionism is changing how I deal with stressful situations. I don't have to fly by the seat of my pants in a panic, so I'm learning how to actively face new situations without the help of survival mode. 
The uh, icebreaker for this episode was the uh, Gummy Bear Massacre. <laughs> Gummy Bear Massacre, yeah. The uh, second icebreaker for this episode, we were talking about sandwiches. You got to ease it in. If we're going to display me in the quote that you just you just said, like, we got to at least, like... Right? Before we, yeah. get, into the, before we get into the heavy the stuff... You got to get the lube going. The first icebreaker was the lube. This one is the coaching. Yes. I mean, accurate. So before we get to the coaching. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Before we get to that. All right. So the coaching of the episode. If you could make the ultimate sandwich, what would be on it? For me personally, I kind of tore the question in half and i was like i'm gonna make the best piece of fancy toast ever concocted you know what i'm saying yeah i said that works i thought y'all would like it anyway um (laughs) concocted (laughs) (laughs) so for me my ultimate sandwich would be this on a piece of toast i'm gonna go with some black garlic sauce Mm. as the base for sure. If you are doing this with some salmon, uh, I base my salmon, and that's like one of the last additions that I do to my fancy toast. So I do some really nice cold pressed olive oil. I do some Kerrygold butter, and you know, just you know, toss that, keep it wet the whole time, and oh, then keep it, <clears throat> keep my, it yep. with your concoction. Keep I like it, how we wait. both had the same yeah, reaction. Like, <laughs> like we can't it. watch sports Tell because we more. <laughs> You ever want to get a glimpse at the actual genuine me? Give me sugar. Bet sugar and caffeine. Let's go. Um, so yeah, after basing my salmon, I like to do I like to do hummus on the bottom. That I like to do some mashed up avocados with some salt and pepper in there, and then I add my salmon, and then I add some cut up tomatoes, and then I finish it off with a little glaze of honey. But and then the last thing I do is a decent amount of like everything seasoning on top, so you get like just a finishing note of like some onions, some garlic, salt, pepper, and different kind of seasonings. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I need to taste the best. That. It's the best. It's like the best fancy toast I've ever put in my mouth. Ever. I was satisfied with just the toast and the yeah. black garlic sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You uh you made this you made this the other day and blew one of our friends' minds. Like they were just sitting in the kitchen like this is this is the best thing I've ever eaten. So like I think I think that is the ultimate sandwich, even though it's toast, but like you know, yeah. we'll, we'll let got bread. Thank you. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You got bread. Yeah. Like I gotta I gotta hear the question bread and, meat. and then I gotta and then I gotta put my queerness into it and be like, can I answer the question and then something else? <laughs> can I what can I get away with making this my own? Like <laughs> yeah so what y'all got so for me we went to a food truck festival like two and a half years ago three years ago it's something like that it was like right right as we were like kind of getting familiar with this area we saw a sign you were like we're going to this food truck festival and in my mind i was like okay we're just gonna have some snacks or whatever i didn't know i was gonna have a life-changing sandwich and like I didn't know that I needed to track this food truck down because I was gonna think about this sandwich for years to come. And it was like ciabatta panini 
with big slices of mozzarella, avocado pesto, freaking balsamic glaze, and like roasted red peppers that were seasoned. And it was like an, oh my God. And it was just like, uh, and it was just like, uh, and I think about it so often. And like, I know I could recreate it on my own, but like, I want that sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, I want the grease from the panini press. You know what I mean? Like, that's. Mm. I want to taste all the previous paninis made before this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's. So, like, a, a caprese pesto panini ciabatta sandwich. That's what's up. That's fine. Yeah. Delicious. It was so fire. good. Jesus. I'm sorry. If you go to a. If I go to any food truck festival, someone better blow me. Mine. Blow my mind. <laughs> Huh. Either way, I or felt both. like I needed to specify that. I don't say below me, but you know that that is like it. one of y'all to say some shit. You Context know. is important. We, I'm not gonna say nothing dirty on this podcast. I, I'm not known for that. Uh-huh. No, you make up words. That's what you're known for. Oh yeah, <laughs> which you didn't do in the last two episodes. Yeah, you you, you use an actual word in the beginning. You just put the emphasis yeah. on cock. Yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to grow. You know what I'm saying? We we yeah. Proving that evolution is a thing. Yeah. At Earthers. <laughs> you can do it on your own. I can't guarantee nothing. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your uh, ultimate sandwich? Thick toast, like Texas toast. Mm-hmm. Toasted, slightly mm-hmm. cold. Whoa. This is a good mm-hmm. start. Chunky peanut butter. Oh. Thick, yep. thick sliced bacon. Not the shit that says thick, and you can still see through it. Thick, like Wait, you're biting yeah. into it. Right, yeah, and then like wobble bacon pickle slices. But if that shit is sitting on the shelf, it's not a pickle. I don't care what you call it; it's not real. Um, the refrigerated ones that still kind of mm. taste like cucumber mm, and are mm-hmm. fresh, and they still have that crisp crunch. Mm. And then I like raspberries and blackberries. Oh, so I would say like a fresh jam. Oh, but I also like spice with my berries. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. a big chocolate like and berries person, <laughs> so. Just combine those babies. You don't need cheese. Who needs cheese? It's peanut butter and jelly with mm. bacon and pickles. Oh. Elevated peanut butter and jelly with bacon and pickles. Oh. We got the sweet. We got the salty. We got the crunchy. We got the the greasy. We got the toasty. That's, yeah. yeah. We, we're in talking, there. I was talking mad shit in my brain because of the pickles. And now I'm like, oh my God, we got to try it. We got to try it tonight. Because the pickles. Fuck you. And the pickles. Get the right pickles. With the pickles. Okay, I didn't even know those kind of pickles existed, by the they way. They do. Like, like when you said not the ones on the aisle, I was like, what pickles? What other pickles is there? In the you deli have to section. go by yeah. the meats in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clausen is okay. good. But if you can get a local brand, then it'll taste more like cucumber. But Clausen is good. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's it's got that crunch from still being a cucumber, but it has that slight pickly taste. I fucking love it. Okay, yeah. Winner, 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 winner. I'm in a dog. I'm in a dog. I'm in a dog. Tuck it in, dog. Tuck it in. Tuck it in, dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is literally how long I can last during that sketch, dude. I can't <laughs> You winner. You winner. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Sorry, that. If we, ever do, if we ever do a laugh or die situation on this podcast and we do cheap deal, I'm losing. I just want y'all to know that. Oh, you already lost. Like, that's. You lost immediately while writing it, so I don't know. Like that's oh, writing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard writing. Oh, oh my 
my god. I feel like we would benefit from a sexual innuendos counter. Probably. Probably. That that let's actually not call ourselves out like that. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem like that would be productive. Mm. But, you I know. feel like we'd make a lot of money off of that. We'd be great. <laughs> it's only a bad idea if it doesn't work. Agreed. Like but if problem. it doesn't work, then you learn something. So is it really a bad idea? It's not. See, I was going to say there's no oh. such thing as bad ideas, but someone's always got a rebuttal. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. so moving on to the heavier part of the episode, <clears throat> time to get a little vulnerable. So this time oh, is showing me that I need to have a better battle plan for transitional times in my life. Finding myself in a safe and supportive environment for the first time in my life and not having to just run on hypervigilance and perfectionism is changing how I deal with stressful situations. I don't have to fly by the seat of my pants in a panic, so I'm learning how to actively face new situations without the help of survival mode. Yeah. Girl, you struggling or? Nah, not at all. No, I'm totally fine. Honestly, I am fine. And that's the thing. Like, this has been a really interesting couple of months in my personal development and growth because I am fine. And like, and you mean that it this is, time. and I mean it this time, like, and it's, and it's a very strange thing to be fine after like going through some of the things that I've been through. Like there's still, I still have work to do. I still have patterns to break. I still have, you know, all this stuff, but like, I'm fine. Like I am physically healthy. I'm getting more emotionally healthy. I'm getting more mentally healthy. I'm getting more financially healthy. Like I am fine. Like I live in a safe environment. I live in a safe place. I am able to take care of myself. Like I'm able to speak for myself. Like I'm fine. And that is something that has never been a part of my life before. Like never been a default. And like, even in a, even in a time in my life where it was very, like there wasn't a lot of chaos and like I had a safe environment, Mm -hmm. I wasn't emotionally safe in myself and I wasn't safe in the connection with the person Mm -hmm. that I was living with. Mm -hmm. So like pulling back the curtain and like, even all the shit that I've been through, like I'm fine. And that flip of that switch out of survival mode into like living, Mm -hmm. It's like learning a new language. It's like completely mm-hmm. 180 my entire existence because I don't have to wake up and be like, okay, what do I need to prepare myself for to like face today to keep myself safe? I'm safe. Like I wake up and, and I live with someone who cares about my emotional well being. I wake up and like I'm in an environment where everyone I see in a day, I choose to see. Like, I don't see any single person that is not someone that I want to spend time with. Now, is that a privilege of moving across the country? Yes. Is that a privilege of putting in the work for yourself and surrounding yourself with people who, one, choose you and two, who you're choosing? Yes. But is it a complete 180 from everything I've ever known up until, you know, the last two years? Mm -hmm. Yes. And like, not having survival mode, not having that like push to like, I need comfort, to. Though. It was your, oh it was God. your safety blanket. So even it though was. it wasn't good for you, it was. Yeah, it was your safety. Like, and now you know have real safety. Exactly, and real safety. It's giving you your power back. I didn't giving, know yes. you before this, but like yeah. from the way you describe it, it sounds like how I used to be. Oh yeah. We kind of transitioned around the same time because I'm like, yeah, now Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm progressing. 
to this yeah. phase of where like I am my safety and now yes, you're exactly. stepping into your power. And like I there's there's like this um there's like transitional times used to be like I'm already transitioning all the time. Like I'm already constantly mm -hmm. thinking like, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to act? What do I need to do? What face do I need to put on? What do I need to prepare for? How do I need to like bring the battle? You know what I mean? All the time. And now that it's like, okay, this person is consistent. My, the people in my life are consistent. I get to be consistent for the first time. And like mm -hmm. that, that's a skill. And like, yeah. The vice, like going back to the the vices kind of like um, distractions and stuff like that. Like I had this very interesting perspective on vices because like I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs, didn't whatever else, didn't like overshop, whatever else. Like my vice was like my emotional volatility. And what I would do when I was emotionally overwhelmed was just like drag somebody into my storm. And that was my vice. Like that's how I soothed myself because that's how I was taught in my environment that that's how you dealt with emotions. I had no context for the fact that that was abusive or that that was toxic, mm -hmm. that that was, you know, whatever else. And like unlearning that and being like, okay, I didn't know that was the problem. You saw it as that's just me. That's who I, just, I am. That's normal. It was not even that that's normal. It's just like, no, drinking, substance abuse, yelling, calling names, like, gambling, sexual, pro like promiscuity, like those are vices. Those are, those are how people, those are what people are addicted to that are, right, that are right. dealing with their stuff directly. I'm not, I'm not doing any of those things. So like, I have to be doing okay. But like, that's, that's, that was like a trick that I had to kind of like unveil myself right. of like, no, like if you want real safety, if you want real connection, like you have to be real with yourself and you have to be safe and secure and connected to yourself. You can't just explode emotionally mm -hmm. or, you know, have no battle plan for emotions that are going to come up in situations because then it's going to, it's going to, it's going to like inject into the rest of your life. And for people who are choosing to be with you, that's disappointing when someone's like, Hey, I'm here for you. And you're like, I'm just going to explode. And I mean, like, I don't, I don't know, like you can attest, you can, you know, attest to this or not, but like, I don't feel like I was ever volatile in like my wording or like, like name calling or, you Ooh, know, not. but I would, not. and that's the scary thing about it because yeah, there would still be times where I could tell that you were triggered by something and you just weren't here in reality, which basically yeah. meant you weren't conscious of everything that could be affecting other people. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're not going to be conscious of everything. We're not, you know, yeah, not superhuman super like that. Yeah. But it does take a decent amount of empathy to be able to practice. Hey, what did my tone sound like to this person? Hey, yeah. what did my mannerisms look like to this person? Mm -hmm. What did my communication feel like to this person? And did it influence them to go in a way that they were also not proud of? It's like, yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the weird thing about like the specific type of abuse that I suffered that like sculpted that in me. My perception of that was like, okay, well, I'm not calling you names. I'm not telling you you're an awful person. I'm not saying like, you are the reason I'm like this. Like you want me to be like this. You want me to hurt. You want me to this. So like, it was like, it was being empathetic because I never wanted to make anybody feel the way that my abuser made me feel. Mm -hmm. But like, 
it was like still so far, like it was so if like a healthy connection is here and like what I got was on the floor, I was like pretty far up, but still had way more to go. So to you could see that it was still technically yeah. a vice because you weren't doing the same way that you received. Exactly. It's like yes. somebody like if you grew up with like, and this is like a very, very watered down example. And I don't mean to like, I'm not trying to speak on something I don't know, or like put any negative spin, but it's like, if you grew up with like heroin addicts and then you become an alcoholic, you you're going to be you like, don't realize that you, you have, yeah, like, because you see addiction as like, it, Oh, addiction looks like that. And I'm not like that. I'm just enjoying the exact, drink. Every day. Exactly. Like, work, you know, that's normal. That's okay. Yes. Okay. I get that. Cause you, yeah, I had you get a, that. I got a, I had a point when my kids were younger where the only way I knew how to raise kids was the way I was raised, but I knew there were certain mm -hmm. things that I didn't like from how I was raised. Mm -hmm. I was still fucking up though. Cause I was still yeah. like, exploding and getting frustrated. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not telling them that they're not worthy. I'm not doing this, but I was still exploding. Exactly. And I was like, it's still affecting them. And I, I thought I was doing so much better than where I came from. And I guess in a sense mm -hmm. I was, yeah. But it still wasn't. But it wasn't what you wanted. Yeah. A, apart from what I wanted, it just yeah. it wasn't it. And I think yeah. a lot of people struggle with forgiving their parents because mm -hmm. of that. Because a lot of parents would be like, what are you talking about? I gave you better than what I had. And it's like, yeah, you did. But you still oh, my God. Ex exactly. But yes. then they can't see it because they're like, no. But if you, compared to what I had, I mm -hmm. did the absolute best. And I had to change my perspective of, you know what she did. She and that's where it did. So I can only forgive her for how much she was able to learn in her lifetime. Exactly. Like that's, that's a whole episode. That's a whole five. But I, I get what you mean degrees. because you don't yeah. recognize it because you're doing better than that. And you're, exactly. and you're consciously working to not exactly. do that. So you don't even exactly. realize that it's, something then wrong a whole, then there's a whole yeah. other person that's literally done this type of work but has also mm -hmm. been privileged enough to have a family that instilled dopamine positivity resources skills and stuff like that to that yeah. person those moments of hurt are very real they're very valid mm -hmm. and they're also yeah. just as confusing because right. you're watching this person go hey i didn't mean to do that but this person is also unconsciously holding you to a standard that does hurt you. And that yeah. brings up behavior in you that really right. you're, you're also mm -hmm. not proud of. Like, for example, I, where I got judgmental and some of these issues that we were kind of dealing with, and this is where the empathy was just lost because I was upset, was mm -hmm. literally looking at you working from home, right? Mm -hmm. Or you being at your previous job where you at least made 75k a year right mm -hmm. it, it had me look at your situation almost like why are you even upset right now well how could you yeah. possibly mm -hmm. be making my life this difficult you have a good job you work from home you get to fucking have your time spent to yourself for the most part i have to do all of this all of that all of this mm -hmm. And it literally just creates the storm where we're just looking at each other and seeing each other for what's on paper, the pluses and the minuses instead of, mm -hmm. hey, I'm choosing to be here. This person's not perfect. We have to work through what they're struggling with and find a bridge regardless mm -hmm. of what you're going through, which is difficult.
super difficult. It's super difficult. And like, and it, it took us to the mat. Like both of us were just in the worst, like we like rock bottom doesn't really explain it. You know what I mean? Like most people don't come back from that. Like most relationships. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we literally tore down every facade in each of us and we're still actively doing it we're just doing it with like gentler hands now <laughs> we were watching no. um sex in the city the other day which was a mistake <laughs> well, yeah I- i'm letting i'm letting the behind in, in, in enemy lines by you know like ex- like we'll watch an episode and they're like wait is this real and i'm like yeah this is like i mean obviously it's dramatized for television but like this is how fems yeah. speak to each other this is like very fem yeah. like, centered like relationships yeah like i didn't realize that fems had such a tie to children's names and how if a friend grows up and has a kid and steals that name after all the immense conversations that y'all have had about it and that's like beef between friendships that will never exist with men <laughs> that will never exist they will literally be like oh dog you named your child ellen yo dog i named my child ellen that's lit dude let's fucking let's be friends like oh my well, god it's not even here i'm letting you into this dream that i have in the yeah. future like i'm manifesting this reality for myself and i'm letting you in and i want to share it with you and then like if if that if that's betrayed and they're like oh i want that for myself and like i'm just gonna you know what i mean like that's it's an expression and we will get into this it's an expression of the witch wound of how we were taught to like we were forced to not trust each other and like that expression of it is very it, it's it's like it's harder to explain it's almost it. it's almost that like competing factor that they put against Ex- they, women where exactly yeah you know i just gave you this is my game plan for life and i'm trusting yeah. you with knowing this yeah and you went and stole my game plan yeah when you, like why are you competing to- with me why did you have to do that but yeah, in exactly. my head so funny that you mentioned baby names though because when I was pregnant with my second son, I wanted his name to be Samuel Andres. Mm-hmm. But I was also pregnant around the same time as another person. Mm-hmm. And she had her son like a few months before mine. And mm-hmm. she said, no, you can't name your son that. I'm naming my son that. And I'm like, they're not even going to go to the same schools. You tripping. Yeah. I want to yeah. name my son Samuel Andres. And she like was very aggressive about it. And we were work friends. We were never really like outside of work friends. Yeah, And she made it seem like, oh, you're crossing a boundary. She's like, well, I'm going to name him that because he's going to be born first. Cool. We're going to have two Samuel Andres then. Yeah. Okay. And I ended up like, she made it such a big deal that I was like, okay, never mind. And the only reason we changed the name was because their dad wanted to name our second son after his cousin, Vladimir. And I said, well, that's not going to be a first name. No offense. (laughs) I love you. I love you, Vlad. But, um, It's not. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was trying to let go of Andres mm-hmm. only yeah. to find out that his grandmother's name is their Haitian. So it's Andre. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, Andre. But sometimes yeah. I still call him Andres. So it don't even matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To cycle it back to like what we were also kind of talking about, Sex in the City, we've been looking at these, you know, these people going through various stages of dating, right? Mm-hmm. And during these stages, they will be vulnerable, whether it's by choice or by nature. 
and exposing themselves to somebody and then that person will literally be like okay i've seen this person for who they are it doesn't fit what the dramatized version of a person is am i going to choose to stick it out with this person or Mm -hmm. am i going to just ask them politely to leave and a Mm -hmm. lot of people literally ask people to leave after some serious disagreements Mm-hmm. and the disagreements that we've had it's crazy because it's like oh you can feel which arguments would destroy most couples mm-hmm. you can feel it and it's literally mm-hmm. after you make it through it's like wow we literally talked it through we literally made that bridge we mm-hmm. literally came to each other and met each other and yeah. we made all the difficulties a little bit better for a night mm-hmm. for a day for a second for a conversation like mm-hmm. like that that confirmation that you know this is my person yeah. yeah 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 it's it's wild it's wild because i mean like going back to the transitional stuff like we're constantly transitioning we are constant because like we're we're out here putting ourselves in front of things that most people don't put themselves into once Mm. they found their person or like once they found someone they want to be their person like we we've been committed to like because of everything that we've gone through because of how rock bottom we hit Mm -hmm. and that we are building back up from that like at this point like we can't necessarily take our foot off the gas Mm-hmm. because of everything that we've learned and like that on top of like hey we were really hurting like we really both had incredible amounts of hurt incredible amounts of trauma like incredible amounts of just like this looping where like i was emotional you were judgmental you were you were vulnerable i was defensive like mm-hmm. you were you know whatever like we just we had this like looping trap almost where we we really just like got in the shits and now that we're like building back out of that when those moments come up and we're like oh shit are we going back there we both get a little spooked and like Mm -hmm. that has been the transition recently of like hey like this is this is where we fell in the alligator pit before like are we falling in the pit or are we walking on this little piece of plank wood that we've that we've put over the pit Mm -hmm. and like that's such a good metaphor too yeah like I'm, as we're doing that and I'm transitioning out of being able to use my brain without survival mode and not running on adrenaline and fucking cortisol, mm-hmm. man, we are like, if this ain't my, if, like, if we didn't know this we were each other's like first killing before, it together though. Yeah. So we're from a couple yeah. episodes too. Like when, like with the emergence of sky, I've literally been able to look at your situation now, instead of looking at it like, Oh, you make more money than me. Oh, uh, you have this. Yeah. Or, oh, you don't have to do that. Oh my God, why are you so upset? And then being like, oh, you had to submit your work stub to three different companies before it was actually approved <laughs> yeah. to your paycheck. Oh God, I'm going to shut up. I, sh- yeah. I, I say shit. Yeah, because we're just here to help. Like, you know what I'm saying? Literally, we see each other with such fucking compassion and empathy more than we see each other with judgmental or those trauma lenses. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. that has been the fucking work. And like, those trauma lenses yeah those trauma lenses because like if somebody says something to you and you're like did you fucking mean to make me feel like you know i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm the worst person on the planet or like did i see especially what i want to know even an inkling of your trauma and they do that it's a stab in the chest because it it feels that way even if they don't mean it it feels that way yeah that's when you gotta take off 
take off the lenses and just be like, hold yeah. on, this is me. Yeah. This For me personally, they- I have to put on the lenses even more to be like, things are not working out. Something is off with this communication. My solution oriented brain will literally be like, ah, it's time to freak out. It's time to freak out because we haven't found a solution in three minutes. Are we going to that place? Mm-hmm. Then it's literally like, put that extra lens on. Oh, this person said three things to me that make me convinced that they are struggling with seeing this current perception of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are struggling with a new bit of information that I've brought them, which is a human reaction to everything. Oh, mm-hmm. They may not know how to communicate this new feeling that they're going through because they haven't been shown an example on how to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, now I need to relax because that lens makes sense. Now mm-hmm. I can help this person, which mm-hmm. is difficult yeah. because in the moment, Versus, the, that yeah. person can't directly say they need help. You have to literally go check, check, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. check. And these aren't the good checks. These aren't green flags. These are no, really like, oh shit, this is a red flag. This is a red flag. This is a red flag. A cluster of red flags means, oh, this ain't me. This yeah. is personal. I got to yeah. get myself out of this. Which right. is such and a- that's, that, is that is hard. That is hard for a lot of people to be able to recognize that. Especially a mask too. Dude, in this day and age, mm-hmm. everything is literally telling you, go, drive. What are you doing? You should be yeah. spraying more cologne. You should be driving that car faster. You should be going out and talking to more people. If you're not yeah. solving the problems, then it's definitely not you. Like, oh, oh, yes. Like that's from, from, from that, someone that, that, who's been living in their mask for a very yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that, you have to have a level of self-reflection and honesty with yourself to be like, okay, okay. I can't yeah. ignore it anymore. I could, I'm, I'm rolling blind mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right. I got to put on that second lens and just kind of. Yeah. That has been speaking of transitions, like transitioning out of like, okay, this person isn't going to hear me. This person is going to see me as like, I'm trying to hurt them or I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to be better or I'm not trying to like take their emotions into account versus like, okay, this person is, is going to be gentle. If I admit, if I not admit, but like, if I'm open about the fact that like, I'm not where I want to be in my emotions and my mental state right now, Mm -hmm. that means I can't see you where I want to see you. Mm -hmm. Like I need help across this plank or I'm going to fall into the alligator pit. Like yeah, that. That's what a true partnership is at any time. It could be the other way around. That's not even just partnership. That's like, that's a good relationship all the way around. Cause like that extends to friendships, family. Mm-hmm. Those like, are still mm-hmm. partnerships. Work. Like that's yeah. true. That's true. Too yeah. Sure. The weirdest part for me is like, now that that's, that foundation is set, I can look at things like, Hey, I need to be better prepared for when there's transitions in my life. Because like when there was transitions in my life before, all I fucking had was survival mode. I don't have survival mode anymore. Like I have to, you know, I'm not on autopilot. I'm not on like exhaust myself and dissociate from how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. to survive. Like I'm not do what I need to do and then crash when I get home because you know, I, whatever, like I'm not doing that. And Mm -hmm. like opening up that for, for me. And then like being able to see you be able to open up things like, okay, 
I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't have a plan for it. Like I'm going to ask for help where I need it, which is something you could not, yeah. not could not do, but like we're not able to put energy in. in. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's such a, it's such a rewarding and validating thing when you see growth in yourself, growth in your closest relationships and how the ripple effect mm-hmm. of not only your life, but your partner's life. Yeah. Like, oof, that is, yeah. Yeah. The last thing that I'll say to end uh, end the podcast on this is like, we've been able to also say I'm sorry Mm -hmm. as close to real time as possible. Mm -hmm. The reason why that's important is because let's say you hurt somebody Mm -hmm. in a way you did not mean to. If you don't say I'm sorry for an hour, that's going to be a rough hour. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't say I'm sorry for a day, that person is going to literally think about how you did not say I'm sorry for that whole day. Mm-hmm. If you don't say I'm sorry for two days, then you kind of start making some patterns that are not good for your relationship. It's like, a, I think it's a, it multiplies what you're going to have to do to fix repair, it. To repair it, does. Yeah. it does. Because, but like, I will say for someone who grew up with no apologies, Mm-hmm. Mm, None at all. Even if you could prove that they were in the wrong, well, you shouldn't have made me. Or you shouldn't oh. have been there. Why were you there? <laughs> I live here. The book. And uh, with no apologies, the minute you realize, apologize. I don't care if it's three years from now. Mm-hmm. Apologize. Yeah. Do it. For real. Because there's been people where this is me being me. By the time you come to apologize to me, I've already forgiven you. Yeah. And we can just start anew. I was just waiting for you to realize and take accountability because until you give me my apology, I'm not, I don't fuck with you mm-hmm. Yeah, because you need to know who you're talking to. Yeah. yeah. It's a boundary. Okay. So yeah. the world is, the world is dark, but if mm-hmm. you think the world is just dark, you're lying to yourself. People yeah. are just highly protective over what is going to help them feel like themselves mm-hmm. and what is not. And people mm-hmm have worked on knowing that information for years mm-hmm. respecting them and knowing what they need in order to help themselves not go left or not mm-hmm. get dragged into a sinkhole like that's literal care like that's love you know, that's love yeah. and empathy that's and love. it's something that like we've had to learn a lot of people have had to oh learn. yeah had to learn over the 30 years of life yeah mm-hmm. like, i grew up with apologies but I didn't realize that the tone of some of my apologies can also still hold a hint of aggression from previous right. conversation, mm-hmm. which is not going to help. Like, a it's, true it's apology, not to feel sincere. Yeah, yeah. A true apology mm-hmm. is free of emotion. It's mm-hmm. full of accountability. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is like very direct. A promise yeah. for change behavior. Right. Yeah. It's a contract yeah. for change behavior. To me, yep. a lot of words are contracts. And yeah. that is a contract for change behavior. So if I don't get it, don't be mad at what happens next. For like, sure. And like the last thing that I'll end the podcast on is like, I don't think it's a normalized thing to apologize to women. It's not, mm. it's not a normalized thing to be like, oh, I hurt you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That will not happen again. I feel like... That goes both ways because I constantly heard men say women don't apologize. And I've known a lot of women to be like, "Uh, we had sex. That was my apology. You know, you know, like that's not an apology. That's That's not a gift and it's not an apology. 
That's well, it's like it's a it's a bow on a gift, maybe, but it's not yeah. a gift. Yeah. And it's it's not also technology. It's like uh you're prepping the concrete, but you haven't spread it yet to actually fix anything. You're not patching up any holes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you but, can't say it's done if you literally just out there with the truck, like not putting it I've down. Known, like, I've known a lot yeah. of people, and I find more often than not, it's women that aren't apologizing. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of it is because like, we were not taught to how to apologize. And like, I say we as a collective, like, learning how to actually apologize, and having and and being sincere in your apology is both a skill and environmental of like, knowing that this is a safe place to say fully, I fucked up, I don't want to be this person, I don't want to instill these, you know, emotions in anyone. So like, I'm going to take full responsibility and I'm going to change my behavior and I'm going to make, and I'm going to feel secure in the fact that you're not going to hold this over my head. Yeah. Can I say something? Mm -hmm. I think the best part of your guys' growth and going through that alligator pit and going that deep, far dive, when you guys say, oh, I think we might be getting there and Mm -hmm. there's that slight panic, you already hit the shit. I feel like a part of what motivates you guys is that you've been the lowest you can possibly go. So you can never get there again and you won't ever let each other get there again. So if you do fall, cause shit falls, I feel like you both can rest assured that you will never fall down that pit. You might be holding on to like a little branch, yeah. you know, root sticking out, but you're never going to yeah. hit the bottom of it again. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to be at the bottom of the ocean like before. Cause it literally, Mm-mm. That's the best way to put it too. You've got, I know you've seen the video of how deep the ocean is, right? Does that video mm-hmm. ever freak y'all out? Oh, so bad. I the, I have a healthy fear of the ocean Terrifying. and it's just out of, it's just out of pure respect of how. Pure, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's like, absolutely terrifying. And it's so deep and it's I'm so undiscovered. I'm such a curious like, creature <laughs> and I can't swim. <laughs> but yeah, I'm such true. a curious creature that I'm yeah. not fearful of it i almost want to do white people shit and jump down there but i'll die i feel it. i'm not i'm not that i'm not that type of <laughs> no, i'm not that type of conversation yeah. either i'll yeah. literally like, have videos every day of people being just you know scuba diving with sharks and chilling at these like underwater like statues that are it. massive massive mm-hmm. oh, i've been to disney world and universal before if mickey mouse is seven feet tall i'm terrified i don't care what it is that's the same rule for everything if i see a mcdonald's and that the arches are just a little bit too big i'm like <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that that's that's not a good oh, energy around i don't like that i don't like it <laughs> but yeah you're right like bringing it back to what you just said i think a lot of the tension or the fear that we're transitioning through now is like, Hey, neither one of us wants to get in that pit again. Are we going to be able to actually keep each other out of it? Or like when we slip off the edge of this plank that we've built while we're trying to build up a, a stronger foundation over this pit, like, are we going to be able to gonna catch me to catch each other? Yeah. Oh. And that's like, that is where we are transitioning now. And like battle plan, for that is still in motion is still like coming to fruition. But like the, the want to do that Mm -hmm. is what saved us. And like that, like want of like, Hey, I know we have work to do. I know we have things we need to fix. Like it's going to suck. It's going to be hard, but like, let's, let's try. Yeah. For real. And I think that's what we're going to end the podcast today. Y'all.
Yeah, today was a really solid episode. We talked about transitions can either make or break you. It yeah. depends on what work you're willing to put up, um, mm -hmm. how much self-identification you're ready to do, how much accountability mm -hmm. you're ready to take. And how much self-awareness you have. How right. much self-awareness you have and how much of the outside world you're ready to leave at the door. Like These are mm -hmm. all skills and all of them combined are the only way that you're going to actually lead to having a more vulnerable, more you know, embracing more you know fulfilling life and so mm -hmm. that's essentially what this episode was about but you know through real life energy real stories yeah stories okay. and stuff like that if you are checking us out on youtube please hit that like and subscribe button to help us grow as a podcast um it'll help us get recognized by the algorithms and stuff like that if you are listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anything else like that, please leave us a review on Apple Reviews, please. Uh, Apple Podcasts helps us get discovered on a huge basis um, across the world, and we're just getting started, so every little bit helps. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for being vulnerable, and we will catch you next episode. Peace, 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 peace.